0: Welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday at 6am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. I'm Ashley Hobley. joining me on the couch today, Kieran Martin.
1: It is, in fact, Kieran Martin here in the flesh, the one and only... No... Digital flesh. Yeah, yeah it, digital flesh, but for me, I'm in the flesh, so, you know, it is it is what it is. <laughs> um, welcome to another week of Arcade Couch. How are you today, Ashley Hobley?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Uh, yeah. So uh yeah we've got an interesting show this week (laughs) uh someone's relapsed into a certain video game uh it's not the one you think um talking about some video game delays i'm going to talk about a documentary here on the show some some video content that's not video games but adjacent uh also dylan may or may not be doing a segment about the video game expo uh depends if he feels like it or not (laughs) on the sound of it um so yeah, but go to Explosion.com, he's got a full article up uh, about his experience at the Game Expo. Uh, it's worth checking out, but yeah, we'll save that in case he does show up otherwise, you know, read the article. Uh, but Karen, let's jump in. You've been playing Destiny 2.
1: Yes. Yes, I have been. Um, this week, uh, Lightfall, because I keep getting the name wrong when I talk about it, Lightfall, light uh, the... the what? No,
0: that's light. Yeah. No, it's Lightfall. It? Uh uh-huh.
1: No, God damn it. No, it's Lightfall. I keep calling it Lightless, which in the grand scheme of Destiny story that is kind of could have been could have worked. Uh, but no, Lightfall um expansion came out this week. Um I have only barely scratched the Lightfall D L C because um well, well, this- How many hours have you been playing Destiny too? This mm-hmm. week? Okay, so when I started, my Steam was roughly like 3.5, 3.6 hours of Destiny 2 because that's all I'd played since Destiny switched over from Battle.net to um, to Steam and its own Bungie yep. client. Um, the last time I played was the Forsaken DLC, which was 2018. Um, that's a while ago. That, that is a while ago. So uh, coming back into it, Destiny is a whole different fucking game now. Um, in terms of um, a lot of the systems have kind of been tweaked and improved there is the whole battle pass concept in it Um, there is a whole bunch of content that's come out of course because of um, the multitude of expansions so this week um, i'm up to 53 3.6 hours um, played that's yeah roughly 50 hours of destiny 2 content it has helped that I had a five-day weekend this weekend with uh, with a trip I took on Thursday and uh, with a public holiday uh, tomorrow on Monday here in Victoria. I, I've got plenty of time to, to jump in and play. So I've actually been playing with a friend and we've played through all of the, I guess, the campaigns from the um, previous expansions. And then we're just about to set up a Lightfall now. Um, I'll be writing an article this week about what it's like to be a Destiny 2 player returning to Destiny after a long period of time. Because... Uh, for <laughs> Destiny 2 is not the easiest to jump into game if you haven't played in a long time um, They do a good job for new players I mean, Isn't that the
0: same for any MMO or multiplayer game?
1: Yes slash no um, uh, I think sometimes it is Okay, Final Fantasy is an example I'll use because that's the other MMO I've played the most um, okay. That one is really obvious what the main storyline is what hmm. the where the main storyline is, where you're up to what you need to go and do Destiny 2 is designed in a way that if you were to join today and started playing Destiny 2 today and you just bought Lightfall you could just start playing from Lightfall onwards you wouldn't need to play through any of the previous expansions, you wouldn't need to do any gear, uh, because the minimal gear score is now 1600, and that is the kind of the starting off gear score for Lightfall, so Anybody can jump in and play it and just start playing the new content. I I think the thing I found hard is um, going in and learning the old content is... um, Well, kind of not learning the old content, but like trying to find where the old content stops. Playing the old content. Yeah, playing the old content is is actually kind of hard. It's not always obvious where it starts. And as uh, my friend and I learned, it's actually hard to find out where it ends. One of the campaigns shadow keep that we played through, we didn't realize we'd finished the main campaign and then we spent maybe another five, six hours doing like endgame content from that expansion, which we really didn't need to do, but it just kind of naturally carried on and progressed from that campaign.'m um, I'm, I'm loving it, of course, I am for fucking putting 50 hours in already um but you know me i think i'll have another week of probably putting in a similar amount of hours and then i'll probably burn out and move back to overwatch for a bit but um (laughs) it's um it's been a lot of fun there is so much to do in this game in terms of just content even from free to play i think free to play can be a bit lacking in terms of story content the free to play game only has kind of this opening um maybe three four hour section um that's very easy to blast through and then everything else that's left with the free to play content is more grindy stuff, um, more kind of just your basic running dungeons and strikes, doing your PvP, um, and you don't get access to a lot of things like there's.
0: So a lot of the original story from Destiny Two was behind a paywall. Uh,
1: so th- a lot of the original story for Destiny Two just doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So um, a lot of the original Destiny Two Red War campaign i don't i don't believe you can get to anymore um you can still get to like forsaken and onwards but you can't get to the original campaign anymore uh, with it from everything i've seen um of the game so far so it's actually it's interesting i actually watched like oh well listened to a catch-up video before i started playing again to kind of catch me up to everything that happened um prior to where I, the expansions i need to jump back in on um but it's interesting that Destiny is a game that is so integrated with its free-to-play market. I was always, I was a bit curious about how well the battle pass works in it, considering it's yeah. it's very different to any other game I've ever played with a battle pass. Uh, but I'm I'm really thoroughly enjoying the battle pass. Um, you are pretty much always working on something and working towards something and unlocking things on it. Um, the fact that you get a exotic, which is like the the highest level kind of uh, equipment just for purchasing the battle uh, pass, you get the um, the I can't remember its full name now, but you get a bow at the moment, you get like an ice bow that like freezes people while you're using mm. it, and it actually naturally levels up as you're using the battle pass. Um, and actually, as you're completing the battle pass. I think there's so much in the game to, to explore and do still. Uh, I'm excited to yeah jump into Neptune. Thank you very much to the team at Bungie who provided us a code for review. So um, I will be yeah putting through a review in progress probably later in the week and then uh, a full review once I've had a bit more time to marinate. They've just had the first raids just been relaunched and released and they've just had the first, world first race for the raid for, um, for Lightfall. I think there is a lot of... Uh, I think it, it's weird. It's funny looking at, at the minute, Lightfall is the most negative release in terms of uh, player and audience reviews that they've ever had. Um, if you mm. go onto your Steams or anything, Steam is just all negative yeah. reviews at the moment. That is largely a, from So player, player reaction. Player reaction, Not yeah. Not critical. Not critical. I think we're still waiting on critical reviews because it's an MMO. It does take a couple extra weeks for them to come out. Um, but the the writing of the... I, I've been told the writing is poor for the expansion. Um, but I think a lot of players... Are, and Because it is very important to the Destiny community. The lore is important. That's why it's, they reacted to it so negatively. Destiny's gunplay is still the best guns in any game mm. I've played. Destiny is like peak bungee gunplay like it is so much fun i'm loving to the range of guns that i get to play around with the bounties that push me to use different guns on different days um the the range of different content i'm exploring and playing around with um, it has like the best pve slash pvp game mode ever and it always has since it was released which is gambit which is like a a pve mode but you're like racing against the other team to kill things and kill waves of creatures and beat the final boss of that area first um Mm. and then it also gives you the opportunity to like teleport into the other team's like level and you can try and kill them and if you kill them it adds health to the boss monster and everything um and it leads to some really fun and really enjoyable both pvp and pve gameplay um that Mm. that we've had so um yeah no i i the gameplay of destiny i think so much fun i'm loving it just dipping into the lightfall um content now with the the battlegrounds i've been doing today um which are a lot of fun and it's a great way to grind gear and to get gear and um there's always something nice in MMOs about of getting that gear score up and always progressing and 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 um, playing through yeah variety of content. Um, I'm excited to. I think I'm just about to... yeah. I'm just finishing off the Witch Queen expansion, which was last year's expansion, and then I'll be um, diving into lightful early this week um and and getting through that and you know i'm sure i'll have my um comments on the story because the story i i I love stories in general um but
0: how have you felt about the dlc story content uh it's hit and miss yeah
1: i think some of them are very good some of them are not good um some of them (laughs) like there's the one i said the one i i kind of uh, the one I said earlier that I didn't realize it ended and we kept playing content for, Shadowkeep, I think that for me is the worst out of the bunch that I've played. So I, I played all of the major ones. At um, the fact that the way it ends, it ends like it doesn't, Like I guess, expansion. I mean, if it
0: doesn't have a definitive ending and you accidentally were playing other stuff, it yeah, says a lot.
1: But the thing is, I guess the way Destiny set up and unlike other MMOs, so when I'm comparing to Final Fantasy... Final Fantasy has its own contained story in its expansion, but at the same time, it's a wider ongoing story. Mm. Whereas the campaigns for the expansions of Destiny are only like the start of that segment. So there's more story comes out in the raids, in the season missions that happen throughout the year, um, and in the bits and pieces that, that come out from there there's a whole bunch like when you jumping from story like jumping from campaign to campaign it's very clear that there's information missing that is important and vital to the story um i think it's just how destiny treats its story overall and treats itself as a a live service ongoing game um that it it does you know you do miss out by not being there for it i think um i'm very excited and i think um i'm very very pumped for um for the whole year and for what that entails
0: awesome so you think it's still a good time to get into destiny
1: yes i think i still think it's um especially if you have friends that want to play it. i don't know i think i realized when we started it again for me this is an itch i've needed to scratch for a little while this kind of looter shooter uh mmo game that is about kind of um mastering your class and Learning and understanding builds for the class, and playing around with different guns, and um, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's for me. It's like kind of come at the perfect time for me this year. Um, it, I think there's a couple of games coming out at the end of the month that I will be um, trying to jump into, but uh, I think this is definitely between this um, and, of course, you know, my forever love, Overwatch. I think is a, my main yeah. focuses at the moment. But
0: but you after you finish this. DLC, do you think you'll stick around or is it
1: Yes. Um yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think um it is, okay. is something I can jump in. I think once I'm once once I am kind of at the the end game content, I can like sort out my build a bit more, be a bit more stable. I can then it it can be something I just jump in and out of each week. Like I'll play for a couple mm. hours every week. Um get my weeklies yeah. done, get my um get like the season um week quests because there's new quests every week coming out. Um a yeah. new kind of content coming out every week. Uh, but yeah I think it's something that I can definitely do as part time with it.
0: Cool. It's good to hear. It's crazy to think that yeah Destiny 2 came out like six years ago. It, still I couldn't strong.
1: believe it. Um like I I
0: because I... I just had I went to look. I'm like we still have a VOD of you playing it through it the first time up on like one of our random YouTube yeah
1: channels. the VOD channels okay <laughs> that's crazy yeah no it's um I loved it when it came so out so if you want had... to see how it originally was you know yeah just... um it, it, it the VOD you know um, we always had that meme about Nick buying Destiny a couple times when it came out um yeah and taking it back and like grabbing it again and people have dipped in and out they're at it but yeah I think it's um yeah I think it's really fun it's a, it's a good thing uh, even if there's a few missteps by Bungie here and there
0: let's move into a little bit of news Uh, Suicide Squad has been delayed in a report published by Bloomberg Suicide Squad Killer Justice League has once again been delayed moving from its May release window out to later in the year uh, from a report the tweet reading a tweet from Jason Stryer, it says Warner Brothers and Rocksteed have delayed. Suicide Squad kill the Justice League once again. Made later, later this year, according to a person familiar. A showcase of the game during the PlayStation stream last month was poorly received by fans. Um, whether that directly ties in. Uh I don't think you're actually on that episode where we talked about the the Justice League footage. That, no, uh, it was not the I Suicide Squad. It, yeah. Um obviously again they're just heavily inspired by something like a Destiny. Um but was not what fans were wanting from a Suicide Squad or a Rocksteady game. Uh, yeah, just the framing of it is quite interesting, how they're saying, oh, it's not like whether the poor response is the reason they're delaying it. I Because I don't think there's any way you could fix it from no, how people no, were responding to it.
1: There's yeah. no way you can fix the fundamental flaw that is... The, 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 the gameplay, the, the <laughs> gameplay, and the type of game that they've chosen to make—you know, it, it's it's the biggest, like the biggest audience reaction was just like, "Hello, did you fuckers not just watch what happened with Avengers?" And I get it, you're already in development, but like, Avengers is dead and gone. Why do people, you know, why you saw the backlash that was the audience reaction to Avengers? What two, three years ago now, like is that's that should be enough time for you guys to pivot away and and start with something else or to go back and do something else like i don't um yeah it's crazy maybe they
0: thought they could do it better
1: the problem wasn't that avengers was bad because i enjoyed avengers as a single-player game it was just uh,
0: well that's the key isn't it is are enough people going to enjoy it as a single-player game to justify putting it out um yeah, my like I said during our previous podcast, I'm optimistic still on the game. I think, you know, I have faith Rocksteady uh, will deliver something good. But yeah, I think it's interesting. Obviously, interesting timing of like they have this massive push, their first massive reveal of the game, and then it's suddenly delayed. It's like, you know, you know we don't want to jump to coincidences all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than gameplay, I don't think there was much wrong with what they showed. Other than what the game is, it didn't look like there was anything wrong with the game. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: To be honest, that footage and that presentation talked me out of buying the game. Because mm. I was on board with, with playing it. and Even knowing beforehand it was going to be a game for servers. But it didn't look like a Rocksteady game. It didn't look like it was going to have that same polish and attention to detail and love for the content that we kind of expect from them it just feels weird that we that that a studio like rocksteady with with how great they have been in the past with their previous series is going into um suicide squad with this kind of cookie cutter generic live game for a service game
0: well, I mean, it's it's hard to create a genre, really You know what I mean? Like they did with Arkham Asylum
1: Yeah, but the thing is, right, Arkham... Arkham Asylum came out and created a genre, sure But It's not like nobody's been doing this You know? It's mm. not like... It, it, it's like they've expected to... But does every
0: single new game from a studio Need to be completely wholly original?
1: No but I think that... I think... Right. You don't... How do, how do, I, how do I... Word this. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think studios have their signatures, right? Like, they have their... The goodwill that their fans have built up from it. And... I, I expect I, I guess from Rocksteady I just expect I don't expect you know, I expect what they're putting out I kind of expect from like a Ubisoft studio. Um I don't expect from from them to kind of for whatever they've put their stamp on and, and worked on. Um Yeah, I just didn't expect it from them and I don't I expect this from a double A studio or kind of a, a lower tier studio that's been kind of handballed this project and said hey make this not Rocksteady who, uh, who I would think would have the clout and have the, the respect to do what they want with a project
0: I mean yeah uh, it's interesting because obviously they've had a, like very long troubled production on this project obviously Arkham came out I want to say seven years ago off the top of my head Arkham Knight mm-hmm. um, so I mean there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in between. Apparently another project kind of got scrapped. Um but yeah, I mean if they want to go in a kind of different direction, and at the time it was assuming it was like four years ago. Uh it, was eight years. This kind of it was eight freaking hell. That's crazy. Um so yeah, like I think they started on this project like four or five years ago. So I mean, if that that would have been, you know, before Avengers and that kind of stuff. Um they are probably chasing more the destiny. Borderlands kind of crowd with this sort of game. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's not successful, you know what they're going to do. They're going to pivot right back to <laughs> something more in- akin to-, to Batman Arkham. Um, so, uh, yeah. I guess it's just a wait and see. It's just like a very interesting move. And obviously, so much is happening at Warner Brothers at the moment. It's like, you know, anything could happen.
1: <laughs> yes. I don't know. It just, to me, it just feels this game just feels like my kind of is giving me the same impression as the DCEU. Like just that kind of rushed, not doing it because we want to do it, but doing it because somebody else is already doing it.
0: All right. Uh, another massive delay this week, uh, but signaled as a launch date, <laughs> uh, Reading from Polygon, Bethesda Softworks announced a new launch date for the upcoming sci-fi RPG Starfield, a massive galaxy-spanning game that builds off the Elder Scrolls gameplay and structure. Starfield was originally announced in 2018 and set for a November 2022 launch. That date was later pushed back to the first half of 2023. The new release date is September 6th. Uh, Todd Howard says, in the launch date announcement video, we have poured ourselves into this game and even surprised how much we can pour. It is large. Uh, Kieran what are your expectations for Starfield Are you, do you think it's a smart move pushing it to later in the year um, I think don't know off the top of my head obviously the the big Xbox game now the start of the year is going to be Redfall um, so I guess it's good that they have There's kind of spacing these things out <laughs> uh, yeah how do you feel about Star- Starfield
1: as the resident Xbox fan this might say a lot I already thought Starfield was a Q3, Q4 game. Yeah, I think everybody kind of thought that too. (laughs) Like, I think I just had already like mentally like... I don't know why I mentally like penciled this in for October. So if anything, it's been brought forward a month. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if anything, it's been brought forward a month because I didn't see them bringing them out at the start of the year. I think the start of the year is too crowded for them to bring the game out. I think for them to, to move into kind of the more uh the later half of the year which is crazy to think it is the the potentially the more open point of the year it's not going to run into zelda it's not going to run into diablo 4 it's not going to run into final fantasy 16 it, well god forbid if any of those games kind of get moved back uh, redfall is going to have its own space now to kind of breathe and to be the xbox game um yeah i, I think overall we're in a, an overall better spot and better situation for it. Um, I
0: mean, I mean, some people have pointed out it, it comes out a week after Baldur Baldur's Gate. Boulders Gate comes out, so yes, uh, massive RPG fans will be, you know.
1: But then again, Baldur, Baldur's <laughs> Gate three. A lot of the people that have wanted Baldur's Gate have had Baldur's Gate for a long time. Yeah, um, and I think that isn't as much of direct competition as if it was kind of. A fresh release alongside
0: it. I mean, they're not exactly the same game. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean,
1: and and I don't imagine many people are going to be playing Baldur's Gate on consoles.
0: Probably not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Starfield is just that game that keeps. Is it is it ever going to come out? <laughs> I mean, uh, it definitely seems like they're working on it and everything. But yeah, it, if it's. The hype around this and the discussion around it is kind of interesting. I don't... Yeah. Like you said, you hadn't even realized that... Yeah, exactly. But it is regarded as this massive Xbox game that needs to come out.
1: Yes. But I just presumed that it was going to be a later year thing. I just hadn't even... Like, I don't know. It seemed to be the right time for it to come out would be September, October. I don't see... There being a need for it to come out earlier in the year if you're gonna have Redfall and if there's gonna be all these other games coming out at the start of the year anyway.
0: Yep, yeah, so what they've got uh but yeah, they've got Minecraft Legends in April. Uh Forza is also meant to come out this year. And then yeah, Redfall. So yeah, I mean it's good that there's games coming to Xbox, you know? That's always a plus. Uh yeah. Starfield. <laughs>
1: Actually, can I? I I need to put in a new story. I need to blindside you with a new story.
0: Oh, no. I
1: need to blindside you with a
0: new story. This isn't how this podcast works. I'm the one who blindsides people.
1: No, I know, right? Uh, Okay, I'm going to talk the top of my head. I don't have a news article to go off with this one, but that's fine. Um, So, officially this week, the ongoing saga of Microsoft versus Sony. In all things, uh, the Activision Blizzard deal um, continues with the filings becoming public in the UK proceedings for the deal overall. Uh, Unlike everywhere else, the UK actually has to publicly post the filings and publicly post what has been put in place by um, anybody kind of involved. And so Sony's statement and their initial kind of... um, press was was put forward for this one um off the back of microsoft coming out and, and signing a 10-year deal with nintendo and a 10-year deal with nvidia on support for call of duty going forwards um it was announced that all kind of rumored that the same 10-year deal had been put in front of sony um and that sony had yet to sign anything part of the sony um, filing for this one was the fact that they were worried about the um, gaming experience and the potential for the game experience to be affected due to Microsoft's sole ownership of the call of duty directly citing um, things such as the game running poorly on their console and being made to run poorly kind of like intentionally being made to run poorly on the playstation 5 compared to microsoft's own console um and and kind of yeah the whole um directness was yeah just sony's over worry about how Microsoft would handle Call of Duty specifically, and kind of this has gone forward with Microsoft with Sony suggesting that the the deal for Activision Blizzard can go ahead as long as Microsoft sell off the Call of Duty Call of Duty Studios first. Um, that they they sell those off separately and they don't go to Microsoft and everything else goes to Microsoft is what Sony has requested. Um, but uh, kind of we're at the, that point currently now where they're in a bit of a, a standstill until that proceeding goes forward as well as all the other proceedings um i guess there is the the speculation and rumor that microsoft has signed these deals with nintendo and nvidia to kind of put pressure on sony to be like hey we're trying. we we want
0: to everybody else is agreeing to it yeah,
1: yeah everybody else is agreeing to it your your big worry is that we're going to pull call of duty off your console but we want to Commit to at least the next ten years of your console of your console getting this game, uh, or this this franchise. Um, uh, what what do you what do you see of it going forward at the moment from 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 a Sony um, you know fan, Sony fanboy? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was
0: uh, check out fanboy. Platinum Explosion every week uh, to listen to my random thoughts on that Sony. Um, I think it's it's interesting because obviously we've always felt like this this story is inevitable. Uh, eventually, Xbox is going to get what they want. Um, so you know, if they're going to get what they want, like you know, take the deal. <laughs> you know, pretty much they've said, you know, you can put it on your your subscription service if you want for the next ten Th- that's years. That's the thing. If and we do the same,
1: yeah. yeah. That's the thing is that they are worried that they're not going to be able to be able to put the Call of Duty games onto the the PlayStation Plus catalog and or onto at least giving it away and. Microsoft came out and said, that oh, you can do it at the exact same time that we do it."
0: But then, on the other hand, do they want that because they probably make more money off players buying a copy of Call of Duty on the PlayStation than they would from people well, joining PS Plus? This is the PS thing.
1: This, to, is the thing you know. this is the thing. I think, as we already know from the differences with how each um, company is handling their subscription service, Microsoft is all for chucking their. Um, new releases their day ones directly onto game pass sony have already shown they don't want to do that so in this statement microsoft's like we're going to chuck it onto game pass you are more than welcome to also chuck it onto your catalog at the same time and
0: sony even though it sounds like that we're throwing away all this money how about you throw away all this money as well
1: yeah exactly
0: right like
1: like, it, 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 in many ways, it, it, Microsoft is so engaged and is so comfortable with the Game Pass model that it can say this, and it looks like it's the right thing to say, but from Sony's point of view, it's kind of putting them into a position that they don't want to do that. They know how much money that the Call of Duty can generate without having it to go to um, onto, onto their catalogs, onto the PS Plus catalog, mm-hmm. and... So now it's in Sony's court, Mike, and it's a very very crafty business decision by Microsoft to put this out publicly and kind of to say it publicly. I they, mean
0: they they took out ads in yeah, in newspapers. Yeah, so to, to say it publicly, which is very old school.
1: <laughs> is you know, now it's the balls on Sony's court because if Sony has the ability and the allowance to chuck this game directly onto its PS Plus catalog and it still doesn't do that, then as a
0: consumer. But I. To, you know, I'm sure there's like strings attached. It's not like, hey, you can freely. Not stick freely. This onto, not freely, but know, like. I'm sure there's a certain dollar amount involved. Uh, sure, but I think it would be the same dollar amount. they would amount. have to pay a subscription to Xbox, which is going to be infinitely more than what Xbox is going to be charging Xbox to put it on their streaming service. You but know what I,
1: mean? I think that's just the. Sure. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. But I guess it, it at least makes that. The thing is it puts Sony in the position where it's like okay Sony are you going to bite the bullet for your fans and take the you know the potential financial hit but you could you know what if they took that financial hit you they would re, you you would think that they would have to recoup that in they would have to recoup that into in subscriptions afterwards right like what more of a boost to their catalog system would it be if there was Call of duty on that shit.
0: Yeah, but they don't care they really care about the subscription but service. But that's the thing. No. That's not, that's not that's the biggest not, that's th- not yeah, it's not it's not their primary focus.
1: Exactly. But that's the thing with Microsoft. When Microsoft's like, we're happy giving Because subscription
0: services are driving every industry into the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh-
1: Microsoft is happy with um with putting it on the subscription service. And Sony isn't, and you know what? at least from my point of view, it shows that, you know, Microsoft audiences are getting looked after in that term. That they are Mm. being able to do a Game Pass and that as Microsoft as a company is willing to do that. Whereas Sony, Sony turning around and saying, no, we're not going to do that. We want the game, but we still want our customers to be paying for it directly. Even if we have the option to put it into our subscription service and the offer is there. I, I think it says a lot about, Kind of, Sony being kind of greedy. In some I mean,
0: ways. really, because again, they're footing the bill for whatever amount they have to put the subscription service like but on. But isn't that service.
1: like? Doesn't that
0: rather than them taking absolutely no risk, a zero risk investment in keeping the game, the players having to buy the game? You know what I mean? Uh, but doesn't that say something to the players though? When when that it Sony is a business.
1: No, but the thing is right. It's not like they just Sony just gives away the game for free. It, it's like people are still going to be paying subscriptions, and on a on a you know, if somebody what it is,
0: says is the subscriptions aren't covering the costs.
1: The thing is right. Okay, so compared to your eighty dollars or ninety dollars or a hundred dollars depends where you buy it for your Call of Duty, right? Instead, somebody play pays the monthly fee of like fifteen dollars for the year. You're getting more money in the long run out of that, right? Like,
0: I mean, potentially, like if they're only getting it for this, yeah, this game. And people,
1: and it's Call of Duty, right? People are going to buy it for Call of Duty. Yeah. If Call of Duty, I mean, I,
0: I, I personally think they should take the deal, bite the bullet, you know, I think it, you know, there's no way this ends well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it ends. There's no way it ends well. Uh for PlayStation, I think take the 10 years. Spend the 10 years planning for Call of Duty to leave PlayStation. 100%. And you know, hopefully uh Microsoft kills it off in that time. Potentially. You know. Who knows? 10 years is a long time.
2: What do you guys want to talk about?
1: <laughs> we're already thirty six minutes into the show, mate. Come on.
2: All right. Keep going. What are we talking about? Where are we up to? Um, I mean, we'll just, t- t- hey,
0: Dylan, we were just talking about uh <laughs> you know, about Microsoft, you know, and Call of Duty, you know? You know that was a one sided argument about
1: Yeah, I'm sure Kieran won. Yeah, I think I did actually, but you know, it's it's fine.
0: You know, I, I kind of consider they should just take the Call of Duty deal and put it all, you know, just be done with this, all this bullshit. Here's my question, No, I was about to ask this. Um, So part of the discussion is that uh, Sony says, oh, you should sell off Call of Duty before the Activision deal goes forward. Which one do you think is more important to add to, to Microsoft, the Call of Duty stuff or the rest of Action Blizzard, Activision Blizzard? Call of
1: Duty. Call
0: of Duty. So if that's not even it's not even I uh,
1: think. I think yeah. if if Microsoft were given a decision between Call of Duty and the rest of that company they would happily give away the rest
0: of that company and just take Call of Duty. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't just yeah. I think the rest of I it mean has, one franchise property is worth it. uh when <laughs> it yes. when the rest it's Call of, of
1: Duty, yes. Yes. When that that franchise on loan outsells majority of the rest of that um in between its full release games not only its full release but also warzone on top of that like even though warzone is vastly hated by a lot of people currently because it's not in a good spot i i think as a whole it's still worth way more than the rest of that company is all
0: right uh dylan you're here yep. fresh off a plane
2: <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> so you're at the the game x this weekend do you want to talk about what what the game expo was, how it was received, what it was like. I was
2: trying to yeah. So I don't know. Like, let me put let, let, let's go this direction. Okay, from your perspective, outside perspective, what do you think the game expo was, and how do you reckon it went? Um, am I Isn't talking to be with or without
0: the knowledge of what the knowledge again? of the pictures <laughs> that
1: I've seen of the event?
2: No, that's with the with pictures, the pictures.
1: That's fine, like just... uh, well, okay. I'll go go through all three, right beforehand I thought it was going to be something more akin to the esports open in terms of like a couple areas with like big screen setups with lots of chairs to sit and watch esports being played by different teams at different tournaments and then some Exhibitions, or like some kind of creator spots, some um, an artist alley, uh, an area for people to bring their own PC and play games. Kind of a uh, lot of kind of um, more low key in terms of it. Um, uh, from what I saw, it looked kind of empty. It, from from from, yeah. from what I saw of of the pictures of the the event, it looked like there was a lot of open space around the uh, exhibition hall.
0: Yeah, to me it was pitched as a PAX alternative. You know, mm. this is the gaming of ev- expo event. You know, that was the the opening line of the, the pitch pitch, whatever. So, uh, when you say you're the gaming event, <laughs> you better be comparable to PAX. And from what I understand, it it was it went in a different direction or
2: well, had different aims. Yeah, so I've uh. I put up an article. Where did you read it, Ash? Yes, I did. I had, yeah. I was like, in case I didn't get the child. So I feel like I'm pretty nice with my like
0: criticism. Oh, you're far nicer than else. some of the people I've seen.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the, this is the difference between actually writing something and just giving hot takes on Twitter, I guess. But so the major problem is everything that you two sort of just said, which is that the marketing, the perception around the event, totally wrong. Um, I don't know whose fault. Like, I don't know who you can point the finger at and say for that. Like, a lot of the people coming to the show who didn't like it um, thought it was PAX light or PAX, mm. you know, like a, a mini PAX at the start of the year. And that was sort of the, the pitch that they thought they were given. And I definitely feel like the event, maybe that's what they were trying to do when they announced it with their whole slogan about, like, for gamers and all you know like all this sort, sort of stuff because it's very much like it seems to me like announce show come up with a slogan you know figure the rest out later <laughs> that sort of thing what the show actually was and this, um it's hard to say because like i'll put it this way the show and in my article i make sure to say like, the show wasn't for me and i'm very much I very much know that and that's fine it doesn't mean it's like a show not being for me and for other people doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad show the problem is is that a lot of people just were misguided in thinking that the show was for them and thus got annoyed when they showed up and were highly disappointed by what there was and wasn't to do um, at the show so I get there Saturday morning I do a lap Uh, for people who have been to PAX the easiest way I can describe and put into place where this event took place. It took place in the, the the area where you line up for packs, like that 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 room that you line Wait, up that for. That was it. That was it. That's tiny. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that, that so small. That, yeah, People pay two hundred
1: dollars potentially to go to it.
2: I ha- I don't know how many people paid two hundred. Well, if they dollars, got the, the VIP, if they got the, yeah.
1: the no, the weekend pass was only like ninety dollars or we, eighty dollars or some shit. What oh, did, oh, yeah, yeah weekend VIP. pass. Was like, the VIP pass was like, like two hundred a day bucks. or
2: whatever. Yeah, so we'll get to the VIP stuff because that's a huge plus. <laughs> 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 I'll come to that, but um, <laughs> um, the but the, yeah, so the show itself on the left hand side, artist alley really good i still have slight criticism so the bunch of stalls you had people a bunch of local people selling stuff which is always great to see because they get a way to you know get money and like sell like that's there's not there's nothing really bad to say about it my only my only slight negative is that i wish there was a bit more variety on the people that were there because although a lot of the stuff worked for me like i i like all this like chibi Pokemon art and you know like all that sort of like the cutie yeah. Pokemon art that's all fine I'm like how about if that doesn't work for you what like and that was it you know I'm, I'm I'm just like is there a bit more can we get a bit more versatility a bit more range in the type of gaming pop culture art stuff because I mean uh, yeah I, and
0: that I think that's probably a difficult thing to tackle and
2: I know like, that's the majority of like what people do yeah but like it's well, still something that stands out. Yeah, because like,
0: obviously those people who probably came to do artist alley and that kind of stuff are people who do go to th- events like Supernova and that kind of stuff. And yeah. um that art style obviously works and that's a prevalent there yeah. as well. So
2: So that that side, the artist alley side, that very much walking up and down there, you feel like you're at a Comic Con, you feel like you're at a supernova, like the the stalls and everyone, yeah. that sort of stuff. Fine. Uh, top left hand corner, cosplay stage opposite side to that uh the first person shooter stage thing that's where they had the apex one i don't know how many like they probably had like five rows of 10 so maybe seated 50 people at each at a time sort of thing not a huge like amount of chairs right um down from down from if i'm doing like a a road around it like bit down from from that stage like they had all the the area blocked off where all the pit the creators were um, doing the apex and stuff, and like you had to have a a badge to get in there or whatever, because they didn't want people coming in and being like, "Oh my god, I love your Twitch streams." Insert someone that I don't know. I see these people and be like, "Oh, that's so..." I'm still doing that thing. People are like, "Oh, that's so..." Like, I don't know. Fucking look them up, and they've got like fifty thousand followers. I'm like, cool story. um The bit further down from that, they had a fighting game stage. Um, that one. So here's my, here's my other little problem. So with all these stages, right? So the the main one up here where they're doing the apex thing, it's just the same stream that they're live streaming to Twitch being played on a, a big screen, which is weird to me because I'm like, well, what's the aspect of being here? Like, what's the what's the what do you get out of being here compared to the one further down the fighting game stage? I think they were streaming that too, but the difference was that the there was because the, it was a fighting game. It was only two v two. The people versing are right there in front of you, and then the two people commentating on the other side, right there in front of you. So even though it's still being streamed or whatever, you've got that element of like you're, you're seeing the people in front of you live compared to the the Apex stream. Those people were off in a different room somewhere, and then all the creators. We're in a blocked off area, so it's just like you're sitting there oh. watching. I'm like, there's nothing like yeah. exciting about seeing this live, you yeah. know. Like if you go to, um, if you head on down to what the fuck's next month? Um, uh, Dreamhack. Dreamhack. So Dreamhack, big stage, right, and then everyone playing there in front of you. So the aspect is you're seeing. It's like the going to a sport. You're actually watching the. Yeah, like you can you still technically watch yeah. it on TV, but you get to see the competitors IRL, sort of like there's that aspect of it. Um, so a bit further down from that, they had the BYOC, um, bring your own computer area thing. Very popular. It's, it's always very popular at PAX. I don't fully understand it, but that's fine. Um, they had a Smash Bros stage. I'm pretty sure I saw the same six people sitting there for entirety of Saturday. So they just love that. Um, they were just eating it up to Smash Bros. And then they had, I think three indie games, three Australian indie games there, just random. Um, I thought there was supposed to be more six, but I, I walked across. It was like, cool, played that, played that, played that, and then suddenly it was Warrior Wear. <laughs> I was like, even someone's done a very good job at ripping off Warrior Wear. Well, that is literally just Warrior Wear, <laughs> so that was odd. Um, they had four, five, I think, like board games of people like you know, the same as packs. You know, you could you could write your name down on the board and yeah. Showing how to play the game sort of thing. They had a board game renting area. So if you want to like yep. you could rent out a board PAX game from this library and like sit the similar to packs. Um, good game was there. They were running magic the gathering drafts on sign if they had enough people. Um, they had their typical good game shit where they're like, Oh yeah, we've got like really cheap stuff. But then if you look at their stuff, you're like, it's the same fucking price as <laughs> which is always just really annoying. So uh, but I see people buying these this shit. I'm like, don't buy that shit. Like you can get cheaper off your cheaper off your phone right now. Like, fucking hell. Um, But it wouldn't be in your hands right now. It's true. The only good thing worth buying there is they have those mystery boxes, like sixty bucks for like three board games, and there's the odd chance you could get, you know, some good games for cheap. That's the only thing worth buying. I feel like for the most good game stalls, and good game is at every fucking event. Is the problem? Like, like you go to Comic Con, they're there. Supernova, they're there. Packs, they're there. Packs, they're there. (laughs) Like I know what whatever event, they're there. Any event. Um, that was it. I don't think I'm missing anything. I think that's the entirety of the the show, right? Um, so you can walk around and see everything in 10 minutes. Now, this is this is where my, my first problem comes in. Because I, I get there Saturday, I do a lap. I go, cool, small, fine. Like, I, I'm going in with an open mind, right? I'm like, that's fine. Like, let me, like, there's not much to do. But I was like, I, I went in going, this is probably going to be an event where it's about, like, sitting down and watching some of these, like, games being played and, you know getting to be part of this community that i don't know much about let let me get in let, let me get um let me dive into something walk around nothing on yet check the schedule when does stuff start 11 11:30 cool so for the first hour there's nothing on it also takes you 10 minutes or less to walk around and see everything what the fuck am i doing like this is this is the major this is where straight away i sort of i hit a hiccup i'm like so unless i want to go over there and sign up to play just dance or so, go over there and sign up to play a retro game things i had absolutely no interest in it was fine if you do but unless they were the cool thing the the things you want to do you had nothing to do until something started happening for the first hour so that's odd
0: did, did, and that's where I'm like, obviously you had vip pass you probably got in or you got no a i didn't even pass, bo- i mean, did bo- i pass. didn't even bother you didn't line a media up to pass. Get in.
2: Yeah. no so, i showed up at 10 i walked straight in yeah there was no line there was i no- walked in through the normal doors I just walked in. Okay. They, um, I did get told that, yeah, there was a whole, like if you had a media VIP content creator badge, you could like skip the slight line up in the morning, but it it, it was not busy in the morning at 10 when I showed up. It was not, it's no, it was not. Yep. Line. Okay. So numbers I've heard thrown around. I had 3000 and I had said someone else say 2400, 2500. Um, so if I'm meeting in the middle you could say, like, okay, so maybe about 3,000 includes volunteers and stuff or something like that. But I mean, if you want to, like, even if you want to meet in the middle, the highest I've heard is 3,000 per, per day, and the lowest I've heard is 2,400. I mean, even if you want to meet in the middle, say, 25, 2,600, still decent. Um, I mean, decent for the size of the a venue. first event. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I'm sounding, the problem is, it's hard for me to talk about it without sounding negative. And that's why I, was, I struggled to sort of put together this piece and put up on the website because I want to be like, look, all of this stuff, I think that these things are valid criticisms. The fact that I personally couldn't find anything to do, I do think is a valid criticism because like, it's not like I'm like, I don't want to like, it's- fuck all, I don't want to watch video games. I was like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, Show me something I don't usually do. And- but none of it's on. <laughs> I'm surprised that...
1: I'm surprised there was no ESL or anybody like that there because normally if ESLs there I would like or like
2: at some kind of esports
1: production company like I would presume
2: There are esports so the, the it's put on by these these places that run smaller esports competitive stuff in Melbourne.
1: Yes, but they put it on they don't put it on from a broadcast point of view that, or an event point of no. view. They put it on as something for the players. And this is where I think from yeah. what I saw was okay, if you were going there to play something you, you were great. You were you were fine. If you're going to take your own PC, it's going to be a fun time for you. Whatever. But yeah. if... You know, I think one of the big comments we always say about PAX every year is, okay, remove us out of it. Like, us kind of as content creators, as media people, out of it. If we're just your average pundit and we have the three-day pass, is there enough stuff... For us to get away with the three three day pass. So if you were a normal pundit and you saw the advertisement for the Game Expo and you went, "That sounds like something for me." Fuck it, I'll just get the weekend pass. Was there enough to do in a weekend? Doesn't sound like it. No, no,
2: no. The I feel like it would have been a lot better as one day. So you move the a- you move the Apex thing, which they only had on Sunday. The Creator Tournament thing was only Sunday. The major tournament thing they had going on the on um, Saturday was a Rocket League one. Uh, but when, when my, my complaint is there wasn't enough to do, the easy solution to that is we'll just squeeze everything into one day, which they could have done, and then there would consistently be something happening and you just smash it out in one day. Now, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, we we'll, like two days, make more money. You know, Maybe people yeah. can't come on Saturday. They don't want to come Sunday. That's fine, but I just don't feel like they had enough planned out to, ju- to justify the two days it it really felt like they sort of stretched stretched out what they had available into two days like as far as stuff that you could do um now th- the thing is with all this said all this said and done i walked around like there was cosplayers out in full force and all of them looked like they were having the absolute best time in their life like people people just like wandering around consistently taking photos i like sat around and the last thing i did before i left um today on sunday was i watched the the full the first day i only watched a little bit and then left to go do something else but the the second day i watched the full cosplay like parade thing they did in stage there was a fuck ton of people there they even like mentioned they're like i didn't think we didn't think there would be that many people here today so uh just give us a minute to get organized because they had like so many people wanting to take place and that was really good to watch. Like everyone coming up on stage, everyone like cheering for their friends, you know, uh, l- people being scared. These little girl getting up on stage and costumed by herself and, um, you know, like getting cheered on. Like there was like wholesome vibes for, for stuff happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, walk around the show floor. I mentioned this in my article. I literally overhear a conversation where these two people who, um, had just been, as far as I could gather, they had just been in the bring your own PC section the entire day, right? Just playing games with their friends in a land, in a land setting. And people are crowded around these PCs. You can just hear them yo- uh, hollering and cheering, and you know, like I don't know what they're doing, but they're like they're having competitions, they're playing games together, they're talking about. Oh, I overhear literally, I love the vibe. This is way better than packs. And I think the thing for them is it's emptier. It is easier to move around. It feels more uh like they know everyone that it's not like it's a it just smaller post feels... community event
1: rather than a, yeah a, it's a
2: very yeah. like it mo- a lot of the people that were there were already involved in some of these other events like bam and stuff like that that's put on by these these other um the groups running it so there's like a there's a community aspect here for these people that they're eating up and loving so yeah for the people who like, this speaks to them, this, like, the stuff that was on show was for them, I guarantee there was people there that walked away from the weekend that were like, this is, this con's fucking awesome, so it's, it's a, it's a weird one, (laughs) it is honestly a weird one, Um, yeah, I mean, so the first day, I, after spending the first few hours or whatever, I pretty much, admittedly, uh, out of uh, I, I have to mention it. I guess, and not be honest. I and I put my it's in my article as well. Went there's a VIP area you could get into if you were media content creator or you brought that v- several hundred hundred dollar VIP pass. They just had free drinks up there, <laughs> they like, had like free Coke drinks and up there, Sprite, and they had free alcoholic drinks up there. <laughs> I drank enough on Saturday to cover my um. In Good my trip. mind, I'm like, this is Melbourne. If I drink like a certain amount of drinks, I've drank my flights. <laughs> <laughs> I've like covered my flights and drinks. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's justified that. Um. Even when I went back today and I was like, I, I did the, watch some of the apex thing and I was like, Oh, fuck it. I want to, I want to like sit down and like start writing this article. So I just went back up there Yeah, I'm 30. It's close enough. Can I, have, can I have Jack Daniels and Coke? So I can sit down and write this article. <laughs> like it's just um, so yeah I've say se- I've people like tweeting like content creators and stuff and being like the thing is you got you to like make sure you when you talk about this, because I see people like tweeting stuff like eh, the show floor is like, meh, but, you know, the media room or the VIP section was fantastic. It's like, OK, well, like, yeah, for the for the 50 people who were allowed up there or whatever, because not only did they have free drinks up there, but they also had um, several tables set up with Nintendo Switch, PlayStation console. So you could like be playing games up there. And stuff like that they had all these areas set up they had music playing it was a full thing so for these content creators and stuff that sat up there all day and they're like oh this con's amazing i'm like okay is the con amazing or did you have a fantastic time in this area that only you and your friends uh who were in the quote-unquote in the industry um were able to get uh were able to participate in so um which is fine because i think like having a (laughs) having a good meter room having a good VIP section cool that's like I know that's 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 not saying you can't be used as a positive but as far as like for the for the the average Joe showing up and stuff like that what's that do for them absolutely nothing so um yeah I mean my my main thing I left off in my article too like at the at the end my like takeaway is you know I I saw I did see lots of people having fun I saw lots of people loving it. I heard people, the majority of the people I spoke to who were like upstairs content coders or like from other media places, they were like, they were pretty like fine about it. Of you know, like I thought it was going to be Pat's light, but this is what it is. It's not really for me, but I'm happy to catch up with friends. Like everyone seemed to have a... At least a, a middling like, oh like the thing is I guess I can see people it, like
1: <laughs> it wasn't necessarily the event that was the, the highlight, but it was the event being the, the converging point and the meeting point for people to get together and to create their own fun, yeah. to have their own fun out of it. I think is the Yeah, it
2: the was thing. very much like if you weren't going there with friends or you weren't already part of these Smash yeah, Bros. Friends, communities yeah. or these fighting game communities or whatever, like if you weren't already sort of in there, you're gonna struggle although I saw a lot more families there than I I can recall ever seeing at PAX and maybe that's because there's less people and I've spotted them more but I think it also helped that it was less crowded so like these families walking around with kids being like hey can we try this game it was very easy for them to get in waiting a couple minutes compared to waiting half an hour an hour to play 10 minutes of Luigi's Mansion you know it's not like it doesn't really work for younger children whereas here Hey, you know, they, you hear them over the thing like, hey, we got time. If you want to lo- lo- come learn how to play Smash Bros, come down to the Smash Bros stage. We've got pros here who can teach you how to play. See so kids on wander all, wandering all Dance. So there is an aspect of the, the less crowded, the less busy, the whatever that worked for kids. I saw on both days, I overheard these really awkward conversations with parents, like leading that, especially the first day, it was these three girls like maybe the oldest like 12 and another two, like maybe eight or so being like led in there, like full costumes and everything like that. They're like right in front of me as I'm walking in and the mum's doing the whole, like walking with them as they're like on the other side of the barricade Okay, like, look after each other and, you know, like the whole, like, and, and if you need to come in for air, you can just come in for it, and you look after your sister. And you know, like the oh, whole thing. So that with was them. like, yeah, <laughs> it was like, she didn't come in. She must've left them there for the, but you could tell it was like, this was their first, um, or at least their first con by themselves where they're, mm. i guess or maybe their first con in general so um hopefully they had a good time so well,
0: I, I feel like the family thing is probably more to do with the cheaper price point than you
2: know that could also be yeah I it's feel like, like 40 huge, bucks 40 yeah. bucks a day i think it was yeah that's a, that's a, that's a i'm pretty sure for most parents like 40 bucks is probably a lot more easier than what pax is like 80 bucks a day or something oh, it's like literally double yeah. the price at least yeah so yeah, and I reckon the price does help. Um, but yeah, I can. the The best thing I can say about it is there is if they cultivate the stuff that works, mar- change the marketing because that's the, the the major problem. Like the the, the image the how people viewed it, the whole, like, is this PAX light? You have to get that pe- that shit out of people's heads. But if you want to cultivate this sort of focus around a bigger, like, cosplay community that was heavily out in force, cultivate this community around people who want to, like, Smash Bros communities and whatever else. Like, you take what works and you and you go for gold. I don't think you need to fix the whole... Um, I don't think you need to fix it and make it so that people... You don't so need to change people-
0: everything. That's what
2: you're saying. You don't need to change everything. You don't need to make a PAX light. You just need to make it so that people who think it's PAX light. No not to come. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't think it's a bad thing to say that's not for everyone. Like it's I don't think the answer is to fix it so that the people complaining it wasn't for them to make it for them, you know? Just like open communication.
1: Just, just open, clear communication. Yeah. You know, maybe they did start out with the intention of being mini packs and then kind of realized as he got closer that, that wasn't going to be the case. You know, from their point of view, okay, do they communicate that and then have people potentially kind of cancel and and, and, ask for refunds or do they just roll with it and hope for the best and hopefully people turn up and they enjoy themselves i think you know i think next year will be the most important year for the game expo because it'll be kind of capitalizing on what they did well this time but growing and creating a a better kind of foundation and footprint for itself as an event
2: so yeah i it is definitely the best first year con I've ever been to. Like, even though it wasn't for me, as far as it as far as it being run, there was no like they they didn't overbook. That was a major, you know what I mean. So there was yeah. already there, was there no wasn't con- massive people lines got in. Outside Do you think was, that's because there yeah. was
1: no <laughs> uh, because it is grassroots and there was no kind of uh, pre existing audience. Like if we, you know, if you compare it to Crunchyroll. RTX, PAX, they all have some form of pre-existing audience that's already going to know about the. There's the, a brand. There's a brand associated. already. Yeah, there's I a guess, brand. Yeah. You know, if you asked a lot of people who went to PAX, hey, do you know that there's a game expo coming to Melbourne? I'm going to say most people wouldn't have known. Like, I don't think I no. saw. Uh,
2: I, I quite, harm, I quite often heard over those two days over the weekend. I, I actually completely forgot this was on until a couple of days prior, or I completely forgot until last week. Or yeah. You know, like, I, yeah, like, there's all these, because, like,
1: you know, there was, uh, from from all I've read and all I've seen, it was very radio silent a little bit leading up to Game Expo. There was no, like, you know, leading up to PAX, you yeah. have guest announcements, you have scheduling, you have a map of what's going to be there, like, even if it's only a rough map. Yeah, and you
0: showcase all the indie games saying they're going to be there. Yeah. yeah. All that kind of stuff. And yeah. I
1: think maybe they couldn't do that with this because I think if, <laughs> do you think if they had put out a map? Of what was going to be there, and they put out a map the like a,
2: the week of. I
1: think is when it yeah. went
2: up. Yeah. Okay. I
1: I just yeah I um.
0: And even then we I think we were speculating before. It's like this is not very big. Yeah, I thought we it was like all the way m- at the other end of this convention center. No. 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 no,
1: no. The fact that it's in that first room only blows my fucking mind. Like. Yeah. That that for me (laughs) I remember the I watched your like the little four minute video you put up on I don't know if it's four minutes, it might be two minutes, but on the I think it was like a minute. A minute or something. (laughs) But But like Uh, even like just the the time lapse you did over the area, I was like, wow that looks really empty just because, you know, a large part of packs is often in darkness with lots of fucking RGB and lots of like uh it, it looked like it was a small area but at the
2: same time yeah. it didn't look cramped and i think that was my big no, it definitely wasn't cramped it wasn't loud either and maybe that helps with the families too there was no obnoxious like dude yelling yeah. and music and whatever like it wasn't like silent because people were talking and like there was like stuff you could hear like from the the things at the other end if the streams was mm-hmm. on but like, yeah, you, that whole vibe of walking to PAX is like dubsteps playing. And, you know, it's just like there's very, multiple
0: very music sources.
2: Yeah. yeah, multiple music sources and dude yelling and whatever else. Like PAX is very, very loud, obviously. So um, didn't have that going for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is that most of my criticisms are just pr- relatively easy fixes, you know, like in the scheme of things. They're mostly un- around messaging and communication rather than oh my god like well it depends terrible. on what
0: <laughs> on what they want the show to be i guess if they yeah, want to true. be this smaller intimate uh community events yeah. kind of thing then yeah they just need to change the messaging if they want to Mess- be pax light then they, they need to if change. if they
2: want to be pax light yeah if they want to be pax light then all they need to do I, don't, I say it like it's super easy but all they need to do is just get the indie games in like that's it that would add so much more that would f- solve like a lot of trouble like the trouble i honestly like if if there was enough indie games to keep to keep your attention to like if it took you an entire day to play all the indie games which you probably only need like 10 when you're lining up or whatever and they take like half an hour to play or wh- whatever like you like done that's packs. That's more of a PAX mini feel, you know. Yeah. You you make the messaging. Hey, we're not about triple A's. We don't. We're not have the big partners here. We've got a bunch of like up and coming, bright Australian indie developers. They're here to showcase the games to you. We've got local Smash Bros. communities. We've got local Apex communities. We've got local cosplayers. You know, like you you make the messaging all about we're home. It like it's a you, Melbourne you, event. You, Yeah. You double down on that. We're Melbourne, we're homegrown, we're community driven. We don't have these like massive backings behind us. We're not run by read pop or anything like that. You know, you you make it very much like we're grassroots. Here's indie devs. Here's the fucking like small teams running all this stuff. And you double down on that and you make that the messaging and people go, yeah, I can appreciate that. Fuck yeah. I want to support that. I feel feel like to me personally, that would solve the, like that's PAX light and a February PAX light. Do you They're think
0: fine. the mistake is they should have called it the Melbourne Game Expo?
1: No, because that I would have I, set. I, I, I feel I, like
0: that would have cha- set expectations. Like, oh, okay, I feel gonna
1: be like that's a Pax thing. Running where it's like, okay, do they re- represent themselves? as very close to the Melbourne Esports Open, and then
0: yeah, That's maybe. not their problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it could be though, because if you represent yourself as close to the Melbourne Esports Open, and then the Melbourne Esports Open. What? Because was... they're in Melbourne. <laughs> no, because they like, got
0: Melbourne in the title of the Xbox.
1: Yeah, but like, do you then represent? Is like, I don't know. I think you put yourself too closely to that event, and that event was fantastic. That event was awesome for a, a first-time event. Like, and it's very close to what they originally had advertised themselves as, in terms of esports and gaming and and that kind of community building. Like, sure, the mm. Esports Open didn't have like the the computer areas and stuff like that, but. It, yeah. it was still but very The, the thing is
2: about messaging, and if, if someone went to e- the eSports Open or they went to the Dream Hack or something, mm-hmm. it was like, I had nothing to do. I hate watching eSports. You'd be like, dude. Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
1: like- <laughs> Why did you come then?
2: Why are you here? Yeah. Why did you come? Yeah. So if, for the people saying that about the Game Expo, I, I can't like, disagree because I'd be like, nah, you're right. The marketing, the messaging was a bit confusing. Like, You, you, you sort of have the right to be like, I thought this was something else, you know. So the only people who I've seen be like, oh, didn't you realize it's run by Kanga Esports? Like, well, who the fuck? Like, no offense, but unless you went on the website and the about... And the about e-spe- the about section and stuff. If you ain't ever looked at the front page of the website, saw the twitters and everything, the videos, the marketing, everything, it made it look packs light. So they have to be like, oh, you, you didn't click on the website in the back section and see who's running it, and then look up who they are and discover that they're like a small Melbourne. Like it's like, no, of course not. Most people aren't doing that. Who, who
0: knows who runs Supernova and PAX and, and packs in those sort of events? you
2: know? Unless you're, like, in the industry, I guess you don't really yeah. know. Like, the average person isn't like, oh, yeah, that's run by Repop or whatever, you know. That's run by that group, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So, yeah, that was the game expert.
0: Do you, do,
2: you, do you think they
0: come back next year? Do you think this was oh, successful yeah. enough?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was successful. I, I think as far as attendance, I think as far as the The majority of the people I saw on the floor, everyone having a great time. That who was there, the the few the 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 people being negative about it. It's a very small minute. Well, it section sounds like the I've people who Twitter. were negative
0: left straight away. So I mean,
2: yeah, and most of the people being negative were like either content creators or like media or something. To be honest, like as far yeah. as I could see, they were like they they didn't pay anyway. Uh, <laughs> from what I could see on well, Twitter,
0: I've, some people like flew in for the event and that kind of stuff. So.
2: Yeah, no, and that's like you, you can be like that would be annoying, but um, from what I saw on the floor, the majority of the people who were there were enjoying themselves. They the from what I gathered from my very brief conversation and overhearing um, from the I can't remember his fucking name now, Justin something. Anyway, he was, he's the technical director. He was upstairs at the DIP. He sounded like happy with it, right? Very awkward that I'm sitting there like sort of eavesdropping on a conversation he's having with someone in that area while sitting there on my laptop going,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I could put this in this article. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Quite>. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um yeah, so I, I I definitely think it comes back next year and that they will hopefully just either as I said, there's well, two directions. The to I go. think
0: next year's obviously make or break. It's like
2: yeah, next year's make or break. Next year's break or break. And they've got two directions: double down this direction, or fix it and make it the pack slide. Whatever they want to do, that's fine. You can't be fix in the middle. The, you can't be in the middle, and you got to fix the marketing and fix the messaging and that sort of thing, because that that's the major that's the major problem. But as far as a show being run, there was there was enough people on the floor. I saw enough volunteers. If you needed help, you would have been able to find it. There were people like pulling like it's. You know, like the core concepts of running a, and considering how hard, you know, these things are hard to put together, right? They're hard to fucking organize. Let's, let's not like say that running something like this would be piss easy. Like, it's, it's, I'm criticizing it as someone who runs a gaming website who wants to. You gotta be honest about you know, put, it, right? It would come off. I gotta be honest. You, yeah, like. You fr- see
1: people from um, media outlets and, um, and from various content creators tweet out, you know, who you almost feel like they should be putting hashtag ad at the bottom of the the tweet because they're like, yeah. just about to go see what's ha- happening on the awesome show floor of action-packed things at the Game Expo today. And then you're yeah. like, you, you compare that tweet to like, the understanding of what's actually out at the show floor and you go, okay,
2: one of these things does not match up. Yeah, I'm being honest, but at the same time, I do want it to be a success. Because they are it is a I think having a homegrown convention that's not not overseen or doesn't have any sort of input by international groups or anything like that. Like having something like that at the start of the year, that's awesome. That's like a like there's no why wouldn't anyone want that to be successful? Like there's no reason to not want the show to be successful., uh, but at the same time, the only way to make it successful is for people to properly criticize and hopefully the people running it like look through tweets they look they read my story you know like i don't read other people's stories like take it with a you know the right however you say it um and you know just just do it better next year because yeah i want it to be a success all right just the first the first year is never never the first year of any call no, is Really?
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, I want to talk about uh, Psych Odyssey. So this is the new Double Fine G. Well, I guess it's not new. It came out like a month ago. But-
2: <laughs> okay, this makes way more sense. Well, I saw this in the show notes when I was jumping on my plane. And I was like, why do you want to talk about an episode of Psych? Because I literally Googled Psych Odyssey, and there's an episode of Psych called Odyssey.
0: Yeah. There's not a space. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> between the two words it's psychodesy okay. <laughs> uh so yeah this is the doc- documentary uh on uh the making of psychonauts 2 over at double fine um by player 2 it very it i never watched the double fine adventures series that they made about the making of broken edge um but this i is, watched those ones they were really good yeah so this is pretty much the sequel of that um and this is very very good uh, I think it's pro- on par with, like, any of the sporting documentary series. Like, Whoa. if you're a fan of <laughs> uh, Drive to Survive or something like that, I think this is comparable. Uh, What's it on? YouTube? It's on YouTube. So there's 31 episodes.
2: <laughs> Fucking hell.
0: Um, very, varying in length from 20 minutes to an hour and a half. they uh, in a playlist? Yeah, they're in a playlist. Um, Yeah, just documentary. Can, can you track uh, it? Yeah. Sorry?
2: Can you track it? Probably. Okay, It's not Uh, worth watching if I can't track it.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's a very interesting look at the making of video games, because it very much starts from the conception of hey, let's just make Psychonauts 2. It's been 10 years. Uh, I want to make the game, and then the process of Tim Shaper making it. um, Definitely a look into the, the office culture of Double Fine, and how uh, that how incredibly balanced that was, and how bringing in an outside force <laughs> kind of shook things up because uh, they bring in a outside project lead to kind of lead the project while Tim one writes the writes the game, two runs as studio head and tries to keep Double Fine from going under because <laughs> you know at the time Double Fine was a company that was. You know, it wasn't exactly raking in the big bucks, or and had financial security. So um, they had obviously were in the process of finding publisher to Psychonauts while they were running the Fig fundraising projects, um, and yeah, just the the slow process of making the game and how the struggles of making that game and how they made a lot of mistakes in this process. Well, it, there were a lot of in retrospect mistakes made, uh, whether it was personnel wise, whether it was uh, make like designing levels in a way that didn't make sense or like were poorly creatively chosen, uh, and just you know, I feel like watching this documentary series gave gave me a, a more appreciation of the process of making video games, uh, and like reinforce the idea that any of these video games that kind of comes out is like kind of a miracle. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I think it's also interesting because obviously Double Fine is a very create like a creative focused studio. Like a lot of the games come from a creative or uh, creator uh, uh, point of view rather than some other studios that are like a design or engineering or that kind of stuff uh, first um, with like story and creative kind of next, like, like a Call of Duty or something like that. Um, So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just watching the entire series through crazy. And then like, obviously we all know the Trials and Tribulations of Dolphine, like they signed a deal with Starbury's. Uh, a publisher that went under very quickly, uh, and then they obviously got acquired by Microsoft, and that's all kind of included in the process. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting watch. But it's interesting because it seems like every episode somebody quits. They uh, <laughs> make a big deal about that. It's like, wow, there's a lot of turnover in the video game industry. <laughs> Whether it was just this project, uh, that you know a lot of people feel like they needed to leave, and also you know, this is a studio in San Francisco. <laughs> uh so you know the cost of living is not exactly the cheapest kind of thing um also kind of like major kind of I, i feel like this is as bad as certain things kind of got at times it you know kind of a showcase of why like the workplace uh environment is so important to certain games and that kind of stuff um but yeah i would recommend checking it out obviously it is a commitment like 31 episodes a lot uh
2: how long Dragon is if they vary in length, like, like total?
0: Uh, let me have a look. Let's see if our good friends at Tract have a number.
2: What's it called again?
0: Psych Odyssey, or one word?
2: Psych oh, like Odyssey.
0: Says uh, Tract has it at twenty two hours thirty one minutes.
2: Holy fuckaroni. <laughs> so yeah. All right, I'll watch it by the end of the year. I mean. Yeah, I was
0: watching like a couple episodes a day like while I was working on other stuff so uh, yeah it's a lot and there's also one of the episodes is only like 30 seconds so that directs you to like an hour and a half epi- like Amnesia Fortnite movie so Amnesia Fortnite's this game jam thing they do with uh, f- uh, Double Fine. yeah
2: that's how most of their games happen stacking, costume yeah. cross so. all that shit
0: but yeah very fascinating definitely worth watching Uh, I would, you know just to see how the ideas for the, the game came together. And as someone who has not played Psychonauts uh, and probably isn't not going to watch... Well, unlikely to play Psychonauts 2 anytime soon. Uh you know, There's a lot. You should. You know? I mean, I feel kind of obligated after watching this. I'm like, oh, maybe I've experienced a lot of this. but like Also, week. I've seen a bunch of stuff. I know about that. <laughs> I think this, this would be interesting for you because you know, like, a lot of the stuff kind of got cut mm-hmm. uh, or re- redone. Uh, like, one of the levels is based on one of the Indonesia Fortnite games. Um, so that's, yeah, very interesting. Like, seeing how the ideas kind of sprung out, like, uh, the storybook stuff and that kind of stuff. So, um, And how they kind of pulled that off and, like, how some of the visuals are kind of pulled off, the special effects and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it is not an easy road to the game being made. Which, of course, you know, a game that you think you're going to put out in a couple of years and it stretches out to, to seven years is not something is clearly not worked out in the process, so... Yeah, as I think, you know, any game-loving fans should definitely check this documentary series out. As far as I'm aware, it's probably the best look at the making of a video game that's been put out there. So, yeah. All right, that's everything for this week's RK Couch. Uh, Wrong!
2: What? Karen? what'd you think of the winners of the Stream Awards?
1: Um... I think overall, <laughs> it's it's a great event. I think, uh, I think largely, it's a you know, it's a primarily fan voted for event with, of course, a judging panel. But um, I don't think anything won out of the blue or out of the uh, unexpected. You know, Kai Senate getting stream I was about
2: to say, I'll do the top three streamer of the year nominees were XQC, Asanabi, Kai Nat, German Nine Eight Five, Kai One. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is um, kind of expected. Not
2: surprising. Literally the biggest streamer of last like so. Well, out he's nowhere. the biggest streamer ever on Twitch.
1: He went over 300k. Yeah. Subscribers. He got the most in the first subathon. Like it, it's kind
2: of. Dude yeah. is racking in millions of dollars. Gamer of the year. I like. I, I pre. You know what I appreciate about this? They actually have like good descriptions. Mm-hmm. It's like streamer streamer that has extraordinary gaming abilities and an Excel at games over the past year. No matter what game they're playing, just you just what? have to watch. Streamer of the year, the best overall streamer for the past year. They saw great success with their entertaining content, elevated their brand and in general left their mark on viewers. I appreciate the the non Well, I think like what the fuck what's where, the nominees for this? Like <laughs> The
1: thing is, right, where where this comes from is the, you know, it is a streamer creates. this. Cutie Cinderella creates the Stream Awards off her own back um yeah and and she's heavily involved with the the setup and and the organization well her and
2: i did last year and this year it was her and um and
1: you know um the fact that that cutie you know i think it has some of the best awards i wish like i really wish stuff like the video game awards would like kind of look at the awards that this gives out and, and like see the care and the detail from it like and i love how they do it i don't know the video game Awards do their own version of it but I feel like over the years they've just lost a lot of their compassion and their specialness around it. Um like there's like you know the best fill phil- uh, the best charity stream it's got a better word and I can't say it but um best charity stream or best charity event. It was a uh, it was best Philothra- philanthropic. Philanthropic, there we go. Thank you. Oh, oh, philanthropic no, ph- stream stream event all went to
2: a 500 mile cycleathon by Sea Dog. Yeah, by Connor Dog
1: voice actor.
2: Um. The yeah. Um, and then they did the best um live event thing, which went to the chess boxing, chess boxing yep, thing. For the, um. And then there's stuff like you know was.
1: hidden gem award, which is like an award cre- created for a smaller streamer to like to, to to give a spotlight to them and to not just a spotlight to them, but like this announced a month beforehand. So in that month, people are going to each of these streamers and. Checking them out and watching and stuff and, and voting for them that way after the nominations. I think it's a really fun way to go. And, and kind of a league of their own is like um celebrating people who do streaming in a different way. Your, your Ludwigs, your Will Nefs, your um Nick, uh MP um, NMP Lol. Um like it's just I feel like this does such a respectful and great way because it's made by somebody within the community of respecting and celebrating its streamers, and respecting and celebrating the culture that has grown around streaming at a rapid pace over the last couple of years.
2: Hmm. I um, yeah, so I don't know half these people, but the I appreciate the show. Um, I thought it was good last year. I thought this year was good as well. I, I skipped through some of it. While I was at the the, the airport. The, the fact that um
1: they went through the effort for cutie. To have iPad set up for VTubers to be a part of the show, so that like VTubers yeah. <laughs> were like full setups with web cameras with microphones, and that they could be brought up to um, collect like, like I thought Ludwig bringing up Iron Mouse to collect her award was like the cutest shit in the world. Um, and if anybody you know don't know about Iron Mouse's story, go in and go and look into her because she um, it, it's it's a great story, and I think um, to see the different ways they're being brought forward into the streaming world in general i think is is fantastic
2: it was also a very funny show He, he had a joke at some point where she said she had not seen this many millionaires sitting in a room joking each other off since watching kai's subathon, which i thought was a very good joke so mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, no she i was like there's at least there's at least some uh, like uh, uh, this, I appreciate the acknowledgement that it's a bunch of really like re, like I know it's like it's oh, streaming like we're not real celebrities like yeah but like most of you are millionaires like let's be real like <laughs> I'm, like, I'm fuck around so um yeah good uh decent show good categories good uh, the way it was run was good also appreciated kid here uh being on twitter being like hey you can restream the stream if you want but if you were invited and you're choosing not to come you're not allowed to restream it i saw that, i love that whole like you cannot be fucking lazy yeah. if i've if you're nominated for an award and i've invited you you can't sit at home and fucking make content Especially out of with, my like, shit one just of live the to it <laughs> kind of, i
1: saw she tweeted yesterday was like her frustration about the amount of people that cancelled on her the day before yeah the last minute and, the last and then, minute then like is,
2: she's like do you know how annoying it is like to set up table placements yeah. and all this stuff and use a cancelling in the last minute i just yeah I was, I was sort of loving her twitter and just openness of being like you motherfuckers like don't appreciate how much work goes and, yeah. and i'm like because streamers are just kind of them. widely <laughs> known to be flaky and to be just yeah
1: terrible yep. to organize There's a bunch
2: of fucking nerds like half of these people they fucking <laughs> just want to sit at home like uh apart from like lol tyler who just you know I know. Yep. For sure, he's fine to be come out and yell. He'll take. He'll take the awards for everyone. There's a the amount of people that I used to watch like regularly on it, There's like Lol Tyler. I used to watch like Tyler And one. then the other dude who won um um was BoxBox Box, who I remember watching on. Uh, I remember watching play League when he had like a couple hundred mm-hmm. max streamers. Um, and he won the award for best strategy streamer. So I don't know people come some. People come some way. It's crazy. Times change. Anyway, you can end the show now. I just thought I'd bring that up quickly. Yep,
0: that's good didn't know <laughs> oh, 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 I forgot alright let us know any questions or comments for the show by tweeting at us uh, at explosion pod on twitter or jump to discord at explosion.com slash discord uh, if you like this episode thought it was worth a dollar head on to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support and buy us a coffee uh, and if, you've, if you want to help us out here at RK Couch leave us a review on our podcast Podchaser. Uh leave us five stars anywhere you can leave five stars or just tell people about the show alright uh Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you here next week. Same time. Same couch. On time next time, Dylan.
2: Hey. Appreciate the fact that I literally just jumped on here, I don't know